Hey, what's up, 10 o'clock? Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, everybody, to Union Chapel. We happy to be in church today? Love it. I love it. I, I'm still a little shaky from that worship there. That was good stuff, wasn't it? I'm excited. Hey, welcome again. My name is Cole. If we haven't gotten the chance to meet, I'm just... Uh, one of the, the guys here on staff, one of the pastors here on staff, I call myself the crazy grandchild here at Union Chapel. And now today you get the crazy grandchild. You, none of you seem happy. <laughs> wow. Hey, I love it. Welcome. Uh, today I want to talk to you about something called worship. We just got out of a series on worship actually. And Pastor Greg did a great job, didn't he? Uh, so good, so good. Today, I don't necessarily think he did bad, and I'm trying to like one-up him. I, I, I just want to continue this, this thought of worship today, if we can do that. I'm really excited about it. God's been doing some things in my life personally uh, over the last three, four months or so that I've been learning and, and growing in. And so today, I want to share some of this with you. And so the person I'm preaching to today has the microphone. That's who this message goes out to. And so hopefully this blesses you some today as well. But I want to start with a story. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school, there was an awesome uh, game called Rock Band that was coming out. Any of y'all ever heard of Rock Band? Yeah, yeah. If you don't know what Rock Band is, it's basically just a video game where you have like your controllers are like the instruments. So you, you got the little drums, you got the guitar, you got the microphone to sing, and you kind of like play with the songs as, you know, the notes come and stuff like that. And, and I was like captivated by this game, okay? It was bad. Like I was so excited about this game coming out. I wanted it so bad. So when Christmas time rolled around, I'm like, mom, dad, you got to get me this game. And then I even told him, I will do whatever you want me to do for the rest of my life. I promise. And they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'll, I'll just be honest about this, I was like kind of into this, like pretty deep, like I was very, very excited. I was like not sleeping well the week before Christmas. I uh, one time or two or five times, I don't know, went out into our living room while my parent, when my parents had fell asleep and I kind of like half unwrapped the gift because it was, just, I knew what it was and I just looking at it and I'd kind of wrap it back up and my mom knew because I don't know how to wrap presents and I'm not as sneaky as I like to think. And it got so bad. It, I, this is a true story, by the way. I'm not kidding you. I, one evening as I was, you know, laying in bed, couldn't sleep. I was thinking about this, this game. And I know this sounds ridiculous. But I, I, you can't judge me because I wasn't fully following Jesus yet at this moment in my life. I, like, grew up in the church, but I wasn't there yet. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I'm going to sleep one night while I'm trying to, thinking about this game. And I say, Lord, I don't know what your plans for the rapture are. But if you could, if it's somehow this week, could we reschedule? I still want to go, but can we just hold on? I really want to play my new game. I'm not kidding. That's for real. I actually did that. And so, you know, obviously I'm still here. So we, you know, I got to Christmas. I got to play the game and it was a lot of fun. I ended up dedicating too much time to that too. But I, I think about that story in that time of my life. And I think about how like I, in a way, like gave my heart to something. I like gave my heart away almost. And in turn, in, in doing this, I, it like changed the way I acted. It changed the way I felt. It changed the, 
decisions I made in my life, like when I gave my heart to this thing or even as I started to date at, at, at sports and, and all these situations, every time I would like give my heart to something, it would in turn kind of control the way I would live my life. Does that make sense? And so uh, in reality, what happens is we get our hearts away all the time. And I think the same thing is true for us all, that when we really like give our heart to something, it, it changes your life in many ways. And so today, this is what I want to talk, I want to, I want to kind of go down this, this road of talking about the heart. And in particular, I want to talk about your heart in terms of, like I said, worship. Your heart in terms of worship. And I, I'm really excited about it. I think God's going to bless us through this word today. And so I'll, I'll just start off by, by asking a question. What in the world is worship? What is worship? And even if like you're taking notes, maybe even you want to like jot down real quick. Like what you, if you were to give a definition to worship, what would you give to worship? Is it singing? Is it when I put my hands in the air? When I do the carry the couch, carry the TV, you all, you all ever seen that, that video? It's funny, you should watch it. Is it dancing? Is it, you know, is it praying? Is it this, is the church service? Like what is worship? And I think when we think about this, it's like, oh yeah, what is it? Because we talk about it a lot, but it, sometimes I wonder if we like really know what it is. And so I wanna propose today that worship has a lot more to do with how you live your life than how you act in a church service. Does that make sense? I think worship has a lot more to do with how you live your life. Like when you leave today, I think worship is how do I live my life when I'm outside of the church, not how do I act when I'm inside of the church. And so for me, listen, some of y'all are gonna agree with this. For me, worship is like how I treat the person who's driving slow in the left lane. Hey, what's the left lane for? Passing. <laughs> Listen, somebody always needs to learn this, okay? This is why I bring this up. There's always somebody that doesn't know this. There you go. You got what you came for. <laughs> Let's pray and get out. I'm just kidding. W worship is how I respond when somebody crosses me, you know, or spits in my face, metaphorically, or literally, I guess. I never had that happen, but I wouldn't be too pumped about that. Worship is like how I handle my finances, how I do my job, how I treat my wife, all of these things, worship, it, it really is like how you live your life. And so I want to give you a definition to worship this morning, and you can write this down. We'll put it on the screen. Worship is the expression of love for God from the heart. Worship is the expression of, the worship is the expression of love for God from the heart. Listen, it's not worship unless it's expressed in some way. It's not worship if it's not love. And it's not love unless it's from the heart. One more time. It's not worship if it's not expressed. It's not worship if it's not love. And it's not love unless it's from the heart. And so worship really is an expression of love. It is, it's an expression of your heart. Now, you always got the people that are like, I ain't worshiping. I ain't doing it. I won't sing. I'm crossing my arms. I ain't singing. Sorry if that's you. I, 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 we love you. I love you. But it's like, man, I like worshiping. It's fun. You should try it. <laughs> but you always got these people that, well, I'm not worshiping. But the reality is like everybody worships. 
Everybody worships something. You ever been to like an NFL game? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody excited about the NFL starting up? Listen, Bears Packers this Thursday. Go Bears. Come on, baby. See, I'm already worshiping the wrong thing. <laughs> you ever been to a game? It's, uh, people are worshiping y'all. And let me tell you something. They don't use the same words we do when they worship. <laughs> I'll stop there. You ever been to like a concert? You know, I won't be like Robin. If you're here last week, Robin's singing. Hey, you couldn't pay me a thousand dollars to do that. Okay. You ever been to people are worshiping? You've seen it. You ever, you ever met somebody that worships uh, like their job or their kids? We all worship in some way, right? Because whatever is in your heart, whatever's coming from your heart, whatever you love, you're actually worshiping. And so worship really is an expression of love from the heart. It's from the heart. And so if we want to learn how to worship, which today I'm hoping that we can get a little closer, we can take a, a step closer to worshiping God with the rest of our lives, not just here. Okay, if we want to really do that, we got to go to the core, which is the heart. We got to talk about the heart. So today I want to talk about your heart. Now, I don't mean like the, did I draw that correct? You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of using one and a half hands here. Or like, I don't really mean like the literal, like inside of you heart, you know, like the four chambers, two atria, two ventricles. I'm a little smarter than you thought I was, aren't I? <laughs> I'm just showing off now. I'm not talking about any of that, okay? I, I'm talking about, like, the heart that the, the Bible talks about. And the Bible actually talks about the heart a ton. Over 800 times in Scripture we actually find something about the heart. You know, David talks about the heart. The Psalms talk about the heart. Jesus talks about the heart. Paul talks a lot about the heart. We find it all throughout Scripture over 800 times. And so today, uh, I want to help illustrate what I think the Bible is talking about when it's talking about the heart. And so I brought a picture. Can we just throw this up here? This is what I think the heart is. <laughs> oh, man. This is my dream car, okay? And listen, I've been talking about Christmas, y'all. This is, you appreciate your pastor? I'm teasing. This is a, a 2020 brand new Mustang GT500. It actually is like my dream car, so that's why I chose it. But uh, I, I think the heart is kind of like a car. Okay, you with me? Uh, the a car has you know wheels, windows, an engine. I think <laughs> it's got gas, a transmission, all these things that make up a car uh, for the purpose of what driving, right? Cars made to drive. You're like, well, sweet, cool. You're, that's obvious. Yeah, but also in a car, there's seats, right? Maybe you have a four seat car. I don't know. People have buses to, you know, whatever. But what? It, let me just help me out here. What's the most important seat in the car? The driver's seat. I was gonna make a joke. I I shouldn't say that though. <laughs> I'm serious. I had a battle in my head there for like three seconds. Back on track. The driver's seat's the most important, okay? From the driver's seat, you determine, the, the driver determines, you know, how to drive the car, essentially. Where you're going, what turns you make, how fast you go, you know, when do we stop and get gas? Unless your wife's in the passenger seat, then she's the one that decides, amen, ladies? <laughs> I love it. Some of y'all punched your spouse there. That was awesome. The driver determines the direction and the destination of the car. You with me? The driver determines the direction 
and the destination of the car. And so I think your heart is a lot like a car because your heart actually, in the same way, is kind of at the center of your life. It determines the direction and destination of your life. It determines which way you go. It determines how you feel. It determines how you love. It determines what relationships you pursue. Your heart actually determines the way you act in, at work, how you raise your kids, all of these things. That's what your heart decides. Let me just, Matt, Matthew six twenty one. for wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Proverbs 27, 19, as water reflects the face, so your heart reflects your life. Your heart determines where you're going, essentially. And what I want to, this is what I want get, to get at today, is that the person or the thing sitting in the driver's seat, or today I'm going to call it the throne of your heart, is the thing that determines how, where your life goes. And it also is the thing that you worship. Okay? Whatever sits on the throne of your heart is the thing you're worshiping and determines where you're going with your life. And I want to propose today that if you really want to worship God in your life, you're like, honestly, I do really want to do this. Like, I, I come here to church every week. Maybe I'm involved in serving. Maybe I got plugged into a small group because I really want to do this thing. Well, then my encouragement and my wish and prayer for you is that Jesus Christ would actually sit on the throne of your heart. He would sit on the throne of your heart. But the thing is, is we have a lot of things that want to sit there. Okay. It's almost like there's a rotation. Okay. And if we were to almost take inventory of our week, you know, it'd be probably something like, you know, Monday, my family's on the throne. Tuesday, my kids are on the throne. Wednesday, work's on the throne. Thursday, money's on the throne. Friday, pleasure is on the throne. Saturday, sports are on the throne. Sunday, God's on the throne. Sunday night, lust is on the throne. Now listen, I know I'm not going to get a lot of amens today. It's okay. I amen myself before I came. Okay? But seriously, I really think that this is a message we need to hear. Because this struggle is real, you guys. There's this tug of war for who gets our heart like every five minutes. You know, many of you will actually walk out of the doors today and immediately something will take the place of God on the throne of your heart. Whatever it could be. Back, forth, back. You know, all of these different things cycling in and out of this seat, telling us what to do, what's the decision I should make, how should I live my life. You know, this is what you should feel. You know, for me, there's many, many of these things. You know, one exa- uh, you know, scrolling through Instagram, and I see a post from somebody, and it's like lust whispers in my ear, you know, just let me take the seat for a second. He can have it right after. It's okay, you know. Or I'm like, I was telling people today, I... If I acted purely on instinct with my money, things would look bad really quickly. <laughs> okay, so I, thank God I've learned to not do that, and my wife has helped me a lot in that. But, you know, it's like if I'm surfing the web, you know, or I'm, I'm bored, I'm surfing the web, I see something I want, it's like this greed thing comes and whispers in my ear, let me sit on the throne for a second. It'll be easy. I'll do it for you. You, it's, I mean, it'll you'll recover financially, you always do, you know, like these sorts of things. And sometimes, like, we almost get confused, too. We're like, you know, I don't got anything on the throne. It's all God. 
I'm like, really? <laughs> I, I have students all the time. Uh, they come and chat with me, I guess, about life. And sometimes they get real honest, especially guys. And, you know, I, I've had this conversation probably more than one time, probably many times, where uh, some student will come to me and they'll be like, hey, Cole, I, I, uh, I messed up. <laughs> I made a mistake. I'm like, oh, no, what'd you do this time? Because I only know, I, if you knew how I was when I was a teenager, it was bad, y'all. So I'm like, they're like me, it's going to get bad. So I'm like, oh, no, what'd you do? They're like, I messed up, I made a mistake, it was an accident. What'd you do? Me and my girlfriend, we, you know, we went too far. A little too far. And I'm like, this is what I want to say. I would never say this. Can I, can I say something funny? Is that okay? <laughs> You know, half the time I want to say, you know, what, it was an accident. Would you trip and fall and have sex on the way down? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't get that. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, I'm being honest. It's like, whoops, we had sex. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for this. But how many of you know, it's like you had lust and sex in your heart. When you texted her, come over, no one's here. No one's home. You know, how many of you know you had lust in your heart when you accept, when she slid into your DMs? <laughs> and listen, some of you ladies, I'm just getting real honest, okay? Everybody's getting cut today, sorry. Nobody gets a pass. Let, a lot of ladies, you know, it's like, I got God, I, you know, I, I got God on my throne, I'm worshiping, I, I, I'm praising, I'm in a good relationship with God, it's going well, and you're thirsty, okay? And so the second a guy comes along, it's like, yes, and you put him on the throne the second that he comes into your life, and then he, he determines your decisions, he determines the, the steps you take, how you feel, how you, you know, where you go, all of these things. You guys, are you with me? Do you see what I'm saying? It's like these things battle for the throne of our heart every single day. And whatever sits on the throne is actually the very thing that you worship in your life. And I want to like break down some of this thought that's in the church today about how Jesus is like this ethereal being floating around in space. Like he's up there and, you know, he's just judging the decisions I make and all, all that. And I just think somebody needs to hear tonight like... He just wants your heart. He just wants your heart. He just wants you. He doesn't want a, a better version of you someday. He just wants your heart now, today. And you'll find that when you actually make this, this decision to have Jesus sit on the throne of your heart in your life, you make him number one. Every day I wake up, it's like I'm putting you on the throne today, Lord. This is why reading your Bible, spending time with God is so important. Because it allows you to, to put him in that place. Thank you. Am I confusing? You guys, are you with me? I think we need to hear this. Because I think God's calling us to be a people who worship him. Not in here. Not just in here. But out there as well. And so my message today, that was my intro. <laughs> my message today is called Watch the Throne. Watch the throne, because I think that's exactly what we need to do, is we need to have our eyes open and aware to the fact that whatever is sitting on the throne of my heart actually is in control, and that all of the things that I think we really want down deep, like I want to have that deep relationship with God, I want to want it as much as that person does, I want to hear from God, 
I want those things that I see in some people, like the radical people. Like deep down, I really want that. And my urge for you is put him on the throne. And that is where you will find yourself. That is exactly where you will end up. With him on the throne of your heart. Okay, I I, want to talk a little bit about something called idols. Y'all ever heard of idols? Yeah, idols are something that we read a lot about in the Old Testament. Uh, Usually you find idolatry being this thing where there's like a little statue or, you know, one time there's this golden calf that that the Israelites are are worshiping and and there's just a bunch of different instances. And I, I think sometimes when we talk about idolatry, it gets a little confusing because we think of that sort of thing, like bowing down to a statue or something. But I think idolatry is really, really present today anything that sits on the throne of our hearts is an idol that's anything that's not god that sits on the throne of our hearts is an idol it's an idol and we get uncomfortable talking about idols in church you know it's like what why are we talking about my idol let's talk about your idol (laughs) i don't got any idols what are your idols? you know it's like uncomfortable almost it's like the word sin i feel like that's we don't like talking about that either but we all have them, right? These are these things that battle for our hearts. And the, the crazy thing about idols is that they lie to you. <laughs> they actually tell you, I'm, I want to give you something, and they never actually give it to you. They overpromise and underdeliver. You're, you're looking for comfort? I got that for you. you know, you're looking for security? You should, you should spend your life working. <laughs> Not with your family, working. You want to have fun? Just go, go, you know, take that. Go to that party. You know what I'm saying? They lie. Because after we indulge in an idol, every time we left feeling unsatisfied, unloved, all of these things, idols lie to us. Okay? And what happens is we often, God blesses us with certain things, you know, money, family, job, promotion, all these things. And what happens is we almost accidentally start worshiping the blessing rather than the blesser. You know, it's like we get something and it's like that thing now is my God. (laughs) The creator, I no longer worship the creator, I worship the created that he gave to me. This is what idols do in our lives. This is what idols do. And guys, I just want to encourage you. I'm going to get real. This, like I said, this is something, I'm really just teaching something that I've been walking through in my own life the past three, four months or so, like I said. And I have learned that I've got to get these things out of my life. And so I've actually begun this process where I wake up in the morning saying, God, you need to be on the throne. Today you are on the throne. And it's crazy. I, I feel it. Now that I know about this, I feel it. The moment I wake up and reach for my phone, like I feel something tugging on my heart, like let me sit on the throne. I feel it. And so I've learned I just have to put him there at the beginning of the day every day. And so listen, guys, I've had to confess to the Lord for putting things like 180 on the throne of my heart. My ministry. <laughs> Did you know ministry can sit on the throne? You can actually worship ministry, not God. Uh, something else that I've, I've been learning about my current circumstances that, you know, we all have these struggles. And for me, I, I want to follow Jesus so badly and so well that what I did was I focused so much on the, the problem, fixing the problem, 
that I realized I was almost worshiping the problem and it wasn't going anywhere. I wouldn't, I, I didn't have Jesus on the throne of my heart. I had my issue on the throne of my heart. I've had to, I've had to evict all of these things, guys. And my, my prayer for today is that we would evict some idols. We would go lust in my heart. You cannot stay here. Greed in my heart. You cannot stay. You must go. Pleasing people out. Pursuit of happiness out. Security in, you know, substance or relationship. It's got to go. Are you with me? These things have to go if we really want to worship you guys. And so I'm actually, Ben, why don't you get up here and help me close this thing out? I, I want to end by, by telling you a story today. Um, it's about football. My students always make fun of me because I talk about football all the time, I guess, and they think I'm annoying. But you guys don't hear me all the time, so that's okay. Okay, I was in like fourth or fifth grade or so, and uh, playing peewee football, and I was short and fat, you guys. It was real bad. And listen, this has nothing to do with my story, but I like telling it. <laughs> they, they had this rule, like if you weighed over a certain weight, I, I think they might do this still, like probably around here, but if you weighed a certain weight, you weren't allowed to carry the ball because no one could tackle you. <laughs> and so they would weigh you. We're just little kids. You'd go in, you'd get weighed, and if you weighed over the weight, whatever it was, they would stick this big black stripe on your helmet. And so everybody knew. <laughs> Come on, talk about shame. That's <laughs> I was messed up from a young age. But I was only, I was like two pounds off. I made the cut, you guys. I got to carry the ball. It was great. Anyway, I was playing fullback at the time when I was young. Uh, and if you don't know what a fullback is, it's like the, the, the guy that stands behind the quarterback. And if you don't know what the quarterback is, you, you talk to somebody. <laughs> Please, for, for all of our sakes. <laughs> okay, I, I was playing fullback. And what happened was one of my good friends, he was playing quarterback, and uh, he got hurt, right? It's a normal thing. He gets hurt. And so, you know, it's, we're a small farm school, you guys. Like, we got just like 11 farmers on the field. This is how it was for me. It's just 1A football. It's real fun. And so, you know, we have like four or five teams in this league, and we're trying to, like, field five teams from one tiny little school. And so you don't got a lot of backup, okay? <laughs> So our backup quarterback goes in, not kidding you, a couple plays later, he's hurt too. <laughs> Coach comes up to me, he's like, Cole, I know you never played quarterback, but we're going to try you out at quarterback today. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I go in, I'm not kidding you, within the first couple plays, I threw an interception. I was very sad about that, crying probably. Get on defense. Get back on offense. I'm, ba I'm still at quarterback. Get back in there. Very next possession. Throw an interception. I'm crying again. It's a mess. Just a little guy. It, you know, it doesn't work out. We, we lost the game <laughs> pretty badly. And, you know, I, I, all that to say, there's something about, like, keeping people and things in their correct positions, Right? It's like there are certain people and certain things, especially in football, you, you need to play that position. You're built for that position. And I think it's the same in life, is that we love to take things and people and possessions and stick them into this place in our heart where they don't belong and where they actually cannot perform. 
they cannot perform. And so today, I, I want to close by saying, there is only one person who's actually worthy to sit in that spot in your life. One person. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And I'll tell you why. It's because this God created you. He knows who you are. Isn't that crazy? He knows you. Your past, your present, your future. The things he created, they don't know you like he knows you. And he's the only thing that's actually worthy of sitting in that place in your life. Like this is the Jesus that died and bled for us. Like by his scars we are healed. By his death we are raised. The Jesus that picked us up when we were at our lowest and, and dusted me off and said, you are worthy, I love you, here's a new name and you can be in my family. That's the God that deserves your heart. And I think today, He's after your heart. He's after your heart. And I think so many of us, we like want to worship God, but also keep pride in our heart. Also keep, you name it, fill in the blank in our heart. But I think God's saying today that I want you to worship me. Please put me on the throne of your heart. And so that's what I'm encouraging you to do today. And so, I, listen, usually we open with the scripture here. Today I want to do a little backwards. I want to close with the scripture because we're going to put this on the screen. This is something that probably many of you have heard or know. And I want to give you a little bit of, of a perspective, a different perspective on this verse today. Let's read this. It says, above all else, above all else. You're like, above prayer? Yeah, actually, because you actually pray from your heart. Above reading my Bible? Yes, you read the Bible from your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. And so my encouragement today is, guys, let's be a people who worship. Uh, my prayer for our church is that we would be noticed when we not are in the church but outside of the building because of our worship they're like why do you treat your wife that way i just said i got god on the throne baby <laughs> that's how i'd say it why do you why are you so honorable and honest every single day it's because i got the right person in the right place how did how do you're good at parenting how'd you do that the throne is being filled by the right person and so that's my prayer today. I'm actually going to ask that you would do this with me now. Like I said, I've been evicting idols. Last night even, I just had to like renew this, this thing for G. I'm like, God, I'm sorry. You have to be on my throne. And so again, I'm preaching to me. And so my, my ask for you today, will you do this with me? And I know people, people are like, cool, why do you do this every single time you speak, man? Come on, it makes me nervous and uncomfortable. That's good. That makes me want to do it more, okay? And so I'm actually going to ask that you take a, a, a step of courage here today. Just putting a stake in the ground saying, no longer will I let any of these things rule my heart. Jesus has my heart. And so here's my question. If that's you here today, you have an idol that you would say, I want it out. I want it out. And I'm asking God 
to remove it and to replace it. And I'm asking my church family to be behind me. Would you stand to your feet right now, all across this room? Awesome. So cool. So awesome. Okay, can we just like, if you're close to somebody, just put your hand on their shoulder or something. You know, we're, again, we're a family here. We love each other. It's the body of Christ. We don't just observe, we participate. I want to pray for us. And I, I think we're going to see some people receive some blessing today. It's going to be really cool. You ready? Lord, we've seen you move mountains. We've seen you move mountains, God. And today, we ask that you would come and you would do it again. Would you do it again, Jesus, for somebody in this room? Maybe it's somebody that they have something on their throne that they, they want off, but they can't get it off. For somebody, maybe I, I feel like there's regret and anger in the room. Would you take it and replace it with yourself, Lord? For the person who's tired and weary and hurt and broken, God, would you be the person that would sit on their throne today? And God, I know it's a little bit of a cheesy analogy and whatnot, but, but it's true, Lord. We want to worship you. And so we, we just declare as one big church, one big body of Christ today, that you are number one in our hearts. It's all you, Jesus. All for you. We love you, God. We love you so much. And we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.